Welcome to the Evoke Greatness podcast. My name is Sunny, and this is my weekly podcast driven by my curious nature and fascination with the champion mindset. I have an insatiable hunger for growth and knowledge, and I'm dedicated to sharing the stories of myself and others and how we have navigated the journey to greatness, all while stumbling through valuable lessons along the way. I am a huge book nerd and a wee bit of a control enthusiast with an obsession for motivational coffee cups. I believe that a rising tide raises all ships, and I invite you along in this journey to evoke greatness. Welcome back to another episode of Evoke Greatness. My guest today is an accomplished athlete who served this beautiful country for seven years as a lieutenant commander in the Navy, who actually still serves in the reserves. On top of all of that is a NASCAR driver. Uh, a warm welcome to Jesse Awuji. Thank you, number one, for your service, but thank you for being here today. Thank you for having me. Well, let's jump in. You have a, a really exciting story and you're doing so much in so many different spaces, which is fascinating. But I would love to really kind of start off by taking a step back. As I was doing research on you and doing my homework, your parents immigrated here from Nigeria back in the 1980s. And so would love to just know, how did that set the foundation for you as you, as you were growing up in childhood and then as a young adult? Yeah. Um, yeah. So both my parents both immigrated from Nigeria back in the eighties. They, you know, came from not much at all in Nigeria. My dad, you know, came from a family of 11, 11, uh, 10 other wow. siblings. Yeah. That they lived with there in a small, small house in the village. They didn't live in a city to live in the village, like legitimate village outhouses, everything. <laughs> so wow. uh, that's what he came from. My mom as well came from a decently sized family, uh, not much money at all. Her mom was sick through the first half of her life. Um, my mom even had to go fetch water as an 11 year old from the local river for the family after school. Imagine being basically like a, a sixth grader and having to, you know, go to the local river, fetch water, bring it back for the family so you can have cooking water and drinking water. Um, so that's what they had to deal with. Uh, both my parents came from that, uh, came over to the U.S. My dad came first to the U.S., got his education, went back, married my mom, brought her back here to the U.S. They decided to settle in Dallas, Texas. And, and while settling in Dallas, Texas, that's when they had me and my two brothers near family and stuff there. You know, a lot of Nigerians were, when they were immigrating from Nigeria to the U.S., uh, Dallas and Houston were the big spots that they were, were going to. So uh, settling there, they had at least people there that they knew. They had me and my two brothers and my sister. And growing up in Dallas, all of us, we naturally naturally gravitated towards uh, sports because sports is a big thing in Texas. And for the guys, me and my two brothers, we gravitated towards football because football is the biggest thing in Texas. So did all that. I think watching my parents through all the grind, them coming to the U.S. with not much, us starting from really, really humble beginnings. I mean, we lived in government subsidized housing as kids for the first few years, at least the first five years or so before they finally moved out of that to a better home, bought their first house, I believe in 93. And then from there, we lived there for like three, four years, moved into a bigger house after that and lived there for some more years, moved into bigger houses and all that stuff. But it was through my parents' really, really hard work, continuing to, to educate themselves, get better education, get better job opportunities, continue to work and grind and spend hours and hours trying to provide for the family. We watched that. And that, I think that the osmosis of that really got into all of us and taught us how to grind and work and do all the right things. They never did the wrong things, which was going to send them down a bad path. They didn't do anything that was going to send them down a bad path. They did all the right things all the time. And 
if even for us, when we slipped up, we heard it, we felt it <laughs> immediately. But um, that was what was necessary so that we didn't slip down the same paths that some other people around us were. You know, there's other families around us who didn't raise their kids the same way and their kids didn't really go down a great path. And, you know, some of them ended up in really bad places. Some of them aren't here anymore. It's just, uh, that's just the nature of the beast. And our parents didn't want that for us. They wanted the best and they're always going to put us in the best situation possible. And if they ever saw us going down the wrong path, they nipped that in the butt immediately. <laughs> yeah. It sounds like that created such a solid foundation for you, not even just from a of better things than we had. They, they saw and experienced something very different than, than the typical person in America lives today. And so despite how hard that must've been, what it's almost a gift for you guys, for you and your brothers and sisters to experience that, you know, to be able to kind of pass along such a sense of ethic and such education is imperative, you know, and, and, and just the, the basic principles that they put in you guys that clearly you guys have, I think everyone has probably grown up to be quite uh, gifted in whatever realm or whatever space that you guys serve in today. Yeah. Um, that's what they did. I mean, they, my parents weren't the types that needed to ever like sit down and talk us through life. It was more of just, they showed us through their actions and if we weren't following through their actions, then they had to have whatever corrective actions to make that happen. What sometimes it was talks, you know, sometimes every once in a while we got spanked, right? Yep. Like it's just, that's what's what it was, but they just never let us go down the wrong path. And there's a lot of times where they limited us um, from doing a lot of things. Like when I was a kid, we didn't get to go do sleepovers and, and all that stuff. And, there, and even though all of, all of our other friends got to do all that stuff. My parents didn't let us do that because they didn't have full trust that the the plates the places we're going or the the homes we'd go into that we'd be seeing the right stuff and learning the right stuff. Right? We live in a day and age where uh, there's a lot of crazies out there. A lot of craziness yeah. happens. I mean, you hear about all the stuff that happens to kids. You know, even nowadays, all the sex trafficking going on. All just a lot of craziness, and they never wanted us to ever have to potentially put ourselves in a bad position where we'd have to go through whatever that could potentially happen. So they limited us from a lot of stuff. And maybe at the time we didn't understand, but now I understand right. why. And it's just because they always wanted to keep us in the best environment possible to learn from the best. You know, they're like <laughs> the ABC nightly news was enough to show us what the bads were out there. We didn't have to really go experience it. So that's what my parents did. And, and it worked because obviously I'm doing everything I'm doing, have multiple businesses, racing in NASCAR, still serving in the military. Both of my brothers are medical device sales guys. They're at the top of their companies. You know, I think my brother just sent me actually a text this morning, a screenshot of where he's at versus every other salesperson at uh, in his particular realm of things or department or whatever for Baxter, which is a multi-billion dollar company. He's like number one right now. Um, wow. My other brother, Brian, same thing. He's all, He's been number one multiple years. My sister, she's a nurse. Everyone's, you know, is, is doing great, but that's because we just can't up the right way just our parents never let us slack you know even through elementary middle school all that stuff you know if we uh it was a's or nothing like if you got a b that's a, that might as well be an f you know even on the test if you got a 96 on a test you know most kids would be like yeah i got a 96 our parents would be like where's the other four points they just magically disappear like <laughs> where, where are they at you know <laughs> so um, that's how they were but i'm happy they were like that much right. as i didn't fully understand it as a kid and as much as i was like why are they so hard on us um there was a purpose and um it was only to just keep us out of 
the the potential trouble that was out there that continuously constantly tries to grab at kids every single day you can't just you can't just be a solid parent for one day or one week or you know a few months out of the year you got to be like a solid parent like every single waking hour of the day because there's so many different things trying to pull at the youth every especially nowadays i can only imagine with now social media and everything it's just like how do you even how do you combat that (laughs) exactly you, uh, your parents should be very proud. You know, I think they, they did an incredible job and, and we all as parents do, do the best we can with, with what we have. And you hope that you're going to ingrain, you know, in your kids and, and your future generations, the right things. And, and ultimately we all just hope our kids grow up to be good humans. Right. And so I, I think they did a fine job, absolutely fine job. Thank you. <laughs> you uh, you played football in Texas, which is obviously you eat, sleep, breathe, and play football in Texas. And then you ended up being recruited by the Naval Academy while you were playing in high school. What? Yeah. Walk us through that experience. What was that like? That's a that's a big deal. Yeah. So when I first started playing football, I didn't I didn't play like pee wee football or little league or anything like that. So my first experience of football was in seventh grade. So I was already behind by two, three, four, five years from a lot of my peers who had been playing since they were seven, eight years old, right? Most of them had been. So when they got to seventh grade, they had already had experience. They knew all the positions. They knew how to throw, kick, punt, catch, all that stuff, tackle, everything. I was so green, didn't know what I was doing. All I knew was I had some speed. That's about it. But speed doesn't matter much if you can't even catch the football, right? So I had to play running back because it was simple. Like I hand the ball off to me so I could at least grab it right here. I wasn't going to drop it. And then from there, do my best to get down the field. Uh, Had to learn from there. Started in seventh grade behind, but I still had a goal and a dream to go off to college and play college football. So from that point, I knew I wasn't that great. I had to work hard. I had to put in extra effort, extra grind on a daily basis to surpass the people who had more talent than me. Because at that time, especially the cool thing about middle school and high school is like, like a lot of people, kids don't understand what hard work means yet. And because I like understood that hard work equals surpassing people who don't work hard, like I grasped that concept concept really early. I was like, okay, that's what, what I'm going to do. Like they got the talent right now. I don't. But this hard work and effort will surpass them. So I'm just going to do that every single day. They don't know the secret sauce. I do. And that's what I kept on doing every single day. And then throughout the years, ninth grade, 10th grade, 11th grade, started getting better and better and better. All the people who were more naturally talented, who felt like they didn't need to put in extra effort because they just had, they already arrived, they already made it. I eventually surpassed these people. I eventually started. Uh, starting over them um, in football games and uh, eventually started making more plays on the football field. You know, I obviously kept my grades up pretty good. And then a few schools started recruiting me. Some of them were, you know, I think Louisiana and Monroe was one of them. I had some other D1 schools, D1, AA, D2, D3 schools recruiting me. And then out popped the Naval Academy. And um, I guess my coaches had, you know, told them that, hey, like, if you're looking at any kid who's playing for this team, look at Jesse, because Jesse fits your mold. He has great grades, come from, comes from a good family. He's going to be disciplined. He's not going to be a troublemaker. And he's, he's also a decent football player. It was perfect mold for the Naval Academy. And they started recruiting me. And I just looked at it as a really good opportunity to go to a great school, get a great education, play football for a great team. And then when I graduate, be able to have a career pretty much started for me as an officer in the Navy. So for me, it was just a win. I always try to look in the future of what's going to happen next. I don't just look at what's going to happen right now. And for me, I knew football wasn't going to last forever. So I was like, okay, what's going to happen next after football? So I made all my decisions based off of that. I felt like the Naval Academy was going to set, set me up for success past school. 
And that's what it did. It allowed me to become an officer in the Navy. It also gave me the tools um, and the training necessary to understand that with the proper mindset and effort and energy towards something, I can accomplish anything I want to accomplish in life. And I wasn't going to learn that in a lot of other places, but I learned it there. And that's what allowed me to do everything I'm doing now. Now I understand that whatever I truly believe in, I can go achieve. If I right now truly believe that I can become an astronaut, I'll go become an astronaut. If I feel like I'm going to, I can become a, a doctor, I'll go become a doctor, whatever it is. So it's great to know that um, you, you are capable of manifesting that stuff. It's all just mindset, effort, energy, and positivity and faith on a daily basis. Well said. Uh, with all that you do, you, you have succeeded and accomplished so much at a relatively young age. Discipline, something that is just a level 11 on a one to 10 scale for you. I'm curious. Uh, I love to share with my listeners around routines and habits of very successful people who, who are in the process of continuing to achieve greatness. And so tell me, what are some of the non-negotiable routines and habits that you have that really set you up for the success? Yeah, uh, non-negotiable. <laughs> um, I would say uh, on a daily basis, um, you know, I, I have generally a set schedule on, on how I'm doing things each day. So uh, I wake up and the first thing I try to do is, you know, go through kind of what needs to happen that day, right? I'm looking through emails. I'm going through all my social media stuff I need to do. Um, I'm writing out different plans on what I want to make happen for the rest of the day. I pray, uh, hopefully, I usually try to pray before I do all that stuff. I'm supposed to. And sometimes I, I don't <laughs> until I get through some emails. And also I'm like, okay, I need to pray because this day is going to be a little tough. <laughs> so um, I do that. Uh, and then, uh, you know, start working on all my business stuff, start working on different, whatever whatever's coming for that day. I, I, I got to start working on mainly business stuff. At, at some point through in the middle of the day, I go do my workout training, do my fitness stuff because you got to stay physically fit because your health is your wealth. And then uh, do my driver training where I jump on my simulator at home. And I do training on that for a couple hours. And um, on Tuesdays, I actually go to a go-kart track and, and do a lot of karting training and, and fitness stuff there too as well. And then, uh, you know, at the end of the day, have dinner and then at night, start finishing up whatever else I didn't finish it up that day. But that's what I do each day. I just kind of divide up my days where it's really, you know, deal with all the messaging that comes in th from the night before and all that stuff in the morning. And then throughout the middle of the day, just work on just cranking away on different business development stuff for all the stuff I'm doing. And then, you know, then get into the training side of it where I'm doing physical training and then also mental training through my racing simulator. And then at the end of the day, just kind of finish up, you know, on any little projects I was working on in the day that I didn't get finished or just, you know, continue to work because it's never, ever done. Like when you're going after any goal and training, it is never complete. You will never just be like, okay, boom, I got through my whole entire list of to-do lists. I'm good now. It never is done. So it's a constant work. You got to be willing to put in those hours, right? When you're working on goals and dreams, it's not just a few hours a day. It could be 16 hours a day, 18 hours, whatever it is, whatever is necessary, put it that way. Uh, when people ask me, hey, uh, I'm going after this goal and dream. How many reps do I got to do? As many as it takes. Uh, how many books do I got to read? As many as it takes. Uh, how many hours do I got to work? As many as it takes. You know, it, that's just how it is. It's not, that's, it's just non-negotiable. How many ever, whatever it takes. <laughs> Plus one, right? Plus, Plus one, one yeah. <laughs> yeah. Once you start getting into that groove, then you start 
you, then you start dealing with the competition side of it. Like, hold on, I'm competing against a lot of people. At that point, then you got to put on the plus one because, you know, each extra hour you're spending each day working on whatever, you know, hopefully that's an extra hour compared to everybody else you're competing against in whatever environment it is. So imagine if you're getting up one hour earlier than everybody else. That means after the year is over, you're, you've you you are now ahead of everyone else in your field 365 hours how many days is that that's a lot of days right there that you are now ahead of someone or a lot of people right so you just got to look at it like that the extra effort you're putting in as long as it's focused effort and um, as long as you're not confusing movement with with progress uh you can you can accomplish a lot that's great a lot there's a lot of of wisdom repetitively and the fact that you know that that is the routine that keeps you productive and achieving the level of success that you are. And so you make sure that here's my par level, right? Yeah. I'm a firm believer that some of the most powerful lessons come not in all the wins. And and if anybody takes a look at you, they may think, gosh, that guy's winning at everything. And I think so many of those lessons (laughs) come when... (laughs) <laughs> when you're when you're failing and when you're falling all down and we make mistakes and we do that, but that's then become greater as a result of. Can you share any of the lessons where you you weren't winning? I've been falling down the last like two months, <laughs> like on my face hard, getting <laughs> smashed, getting beat up. And you can just imagine just getting like stomped in. That's basically what's been happening in the last like two months. But um, <laughs> yeah, I'm still here though. I'm still alive. Yeah. But um, yeah, no, I, it happens in life. Anytime you're going after a goal and dream, what I tell people is um, you're going through a very dark tunnel. It's like pitch black and um, you still got to put action every single day because when before you even entered that tunnel, the reason you even entered it, anyone, the reason you entered this tunnel going after a goal or dream is because initially you saw, a, you had a vision. You saw yourself accomplishing something, becoming whatever, getting this, getting that, whatever it is, you saw it. You clearly, clearly saw it, right? And then you believed in it. You believed that you could achieve it. That's why you got into a tunnel. No one just walks into a pitch black tunnel for no random reason. Like, who does that? You do it because... I know exactly what's on the end. I already saw it. So we get into this tunnel, we start grinding away, and then all of a sudden it gets hard. It gets really, really hard. You start, you can't see anything. So you start tripping, you start falling, people start hitting you, they start punching you, they start stabbing you in the back, they start tripping you up, they try to pull you back to the beginning. There's snakes, there's there's bears, there's lions, there's all these everything coming at you the entire way, and it hurts. It hurts really, really bad. And sometimes you'll get through a portion of it and nothing happens, but then it starts happening again and again and again. Sometimes you go up and sometimes you go down. Sometimes you get to slide a little bit and it gets a little bit easier, but then all of a sudden you're climbing straight up and you don't even have a ladder and you're in this tunnel. Like, how do you even get up? But you got to go up because if you don't, like everything else is coming after you the entire time, hyenas, all this stuff, that's what's happening the entire time. But you have to have faith that entire time that the vision you initially saw in the beginning that you insanely and obsessively believe in, you have to have faith that it's still at the end, no matter how dark that tunnel is. What happens is people don't have that faith or they lose their faith. And when you lose, you lose your faith, you all of a sudden don't believe that it's there anymore. Even though you clearly saw it, it was clearly in your hands. You clearly know what's at the end. You're like, uh, I don't think it's there anymore. And then you turn back around and you give up. You have to continue to push forward. You have to have that faith, believe in it, because at the end, life is going to reward those who stay strong enough, long enough. That's the key. You have to stay strong enough, long enough. When when you're trying to build up your life, build up your goals, build up your dreams, 
you're trying to you're trying to build a skyscraper but in real life when you're building a skyscraper the higher you want to go the deeper you're going to have to dig if you don't dig deep for a skyscraper if you don't establish a very deep foundation you can't build a tall skyscraper you could you could establish a shallow foundation and you could probably still build a tall one, but the moment wind hits it, the moment there's an earthquake, the moment something bad happens and it shakes your, 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 your building. If you, if the foundation you built was real shallow because you tried to game the system, you tried to uh, get rich too quick, whatever it was, guess what? That entire building comes crashing down. Once it comes crashing down, it's all over. It's all done. The higher you want to go, the deeper you're going to have to dig. Oh, amen to that. That is very true. And I appreciate the openness in, uh, again, as I said, it's like this, we get, we have this false perception. We kind of get the, the Instagram highlight reel, if you will. Yeah, you know, yeah. people, 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 when I was doing that research on you, I was like, oh, wow, this guy. But not everybody <laughs> sees those dark tunnels, right? And the so I appreciate tunnels, your, oh, yeah. Yeah, well, your, your openness the, to that. This is the crazy thing with, with, with what I do in racing. Um, I don't even have to post the bands because don't worry the tv and the media is gonna put it out for you and um you know it, it's been rough this year um we started this new team we got on this journey and end of last year we made an announcement that we're starting a team and when we made that made that announcement we didn't even have all the resources necessary to do what we needed to do we didn't have you know all the right partners we didn't have the team together we didn't have um cars and shops and all that stuff somehow some way you know through faith and through grind we made it happen. And by the beginning of the season, we had cars, we had a team, we had everything put together in a very, very short period of time. We actually made it happen, right? But we, we wanted to build a tall skyscraper and the foundation we had set happened a little bit too quick. Not that we were trying to do it the wrong way. It's just for us to go do what we said we were going to do, we had to make it right, right? So we started building this tall skyscraper with a like somewhat weak foundation. And things worked out first race. And then after that, things started crashing. We had wind, that wind, that earthquake hit that building that didn't have the right foundation and things started crashing. Like the building's not like just done. <laughs> it's just hurt. <laughs> and so now we're rebuilding. We're finding ways to change out different parts and pieces and um, build it up the right way. But um, it's been rough. It's been a rough couple months going through that. And um, it's been like the hardest year really of my life when it comes to racing it's been really really rough but the crazy thing about what i'm doing is like most goals and dreams people go after like let's say you have a weight loss goal right and you're going after that if you screw up on your weight loss goal for a day or a week or a year or whatever it is the only person who's ever really going to know is you right like that's it like no one else is going to know like if let's say you weigh 300 pounds you're trying to get down to 200 or whatever like if you're going after that let's say you get from 300 to 290 but then you just you know screw it up and then you don't do it anymore and then you go back up to 300 well no one's really gonna know but you like they're not no one's gonna notice it right but for what i'm doing uh every every mistake along the way everything that we don't accomplish every bad that happens it's it's on front street for the entire world to see for right. all the media, everything. So that's what makes this is really hard is when your goal and junior going after every little mistake goes doesn't go unnoticed. Like the entire world gets to see, critique, and some get some will support and help. <laughs> some will just bash you down to the ground because that's just how they are. Um and you have to go through that. That's what we're going through. And it's uh it's tough. It's um I like I don't know how I get through it, but I do. <laughs> that faith, right? It's, it's faith yeah. that 
on the other side of this, outside of this powerful lesson that's clothed in earthquake, you know, a ground shattering movement is going to work out on the other side. Well, it's interesting that you say that. I saw that you recently partnered with Emmett Smith to form Jesse Awuji Motorsports, which is amazing. That's like the stuff dreams are made of, right? You having your success, really seeing Emmett in the, in the lens that you see him and then you two being able to partner up and form this. What has that experience been like? It's been great having him, uh, you know, with him uh, having the notoriety that he's had in football, um, you know, being one of the best running backs ever in football, Hall of Famer, uh, his 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 business mindset, his his accolades, his networking, all that stuff together has helped us get this team together. Right. And um, uh, having someone like that on board is really, really big for us. Um, like without him, I don't even know if we could have accomplished half the things that we already were able to accomplish. So it's been great having him along. It's been awesome. Um, looking forward to continuing to build this whole thing with him. It's awesome that he's super patient with us on, you know, us building this team because it's tough, you know, it's not easy. It's, it's year one. Um, we have a lot of things to, to, to fight through. He's been super supportive, um, always there for us. And it, it's, it's just good, good overall having him. That's awesome. Well, out of respect for your time, we're about to wrap up. And so number one, I just want to thank you. But number two, I want to just acknowledge you. You are, um, you're really kind of the picture of a servant leader outside of all the things that you're doing and accomplishing. You continue in philanthropy and giving back and recognizing, trying to bring awareness around diversity and NASCAR. There's a number of things that you're doing to contribute that are really, really good things in the world. And so I just want to acknowledge you for that. Thank you. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Well, I would love for people to know where they can find you. Uh, I'll tag all of this on our show notes, um, but social media, anything where, uh, where can they take a peek at all that you're doing? Yeah. Uh, they can follow us on all the different social media channels from Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, uh, TikTok, Twitter, all that stuff. Uh, just look up, uh, my name, Jesse Wuji. That's J E S S E. Last name is I W U J I. Um, you can look up our team, which is Jesse Wuji Motorsports. Uh, you can go to our website, Jesse Wuji Motorsports.com, or you can go to Jesse Wuji.com. Um, I'm on all the stuff. If anyone wants to reach out about anything, just hit me up, shoot a, shoot a message. We look at all our messages. So yeah, if anyone has any questions on anything or needs any help with anything, or just wants to support in some way, please reach out, feel free. Don't be shy. And, uh, we're always here. Awesome. Thank you so much, Jesse. Appreciate your time. Most definitely. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening today. I hope you'll stick around. If you liked this episode, will you do me a favor? Go leave a review and share what you liked about it. Or heck, share what you didn't like about it. You'll struggle to find someone more open to feedback. And if you have ideas or comments on an episode, you can actually leave me a voice message directly. If you go to evokegreatness.com on the Contact Me tab, you can hit a button and leave me a voicemail. Y'all know I love a good quote, so I will leave you with this from Jeremy Coates. Being a champion has nothing to do with sports. It's a mindset, a skill of looking at challenges that seem impossible and rising up to overcome.